broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 236. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zoop. We are without Schmitty, who strangely ate a black whopper and then disappeared. We'll let you draw your own conclusions there. And if you have listened to the Generic Geek Podcast, episode 4, you will know possibly where he disappeared to. I'll give you a hint. Green. (laughs) Wow. uh, I wasn't going to go there. Uh, And Colin. Well, Colin just has a crappy job. Let's be honest. It really does. You know, that job is literally going to kill that young man. It it is. He's the youngest of all of us, and it's going to put him into an early grave. So... uh, we don't have to make up a, a way to kill him this week because his job is doing it for us. It, they really are. You know, I talked to him last night uh, before I recorded uh, Generic Geek Podcast with Schmitty, and I got to say, he did not quite sound well, and he told me he'd been at work for 48 hours straight, actually working, not like sleeping in his office. He's been like working for 48 hours straight. He said he drank a five-hour energy and he went blind for a moment. As his body got that stimulant into it, his vision said, nope, and shut off for a couple minutes while it adjusted <laughs> to actually having something going through it to keep it alive. It's okay, though. Colin has the amazing ability to just shake it off. Um, hey, we're brought to you this week by our friends over at 4814 Web Hosting, TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, OpenBookAudio.com, Stitcher.com, and Eagle Moss Limited. Also, our friends at Radio KSCR, who I think I've been slacking and I've been forgetting to send the show over to. I, I know I did it at least for last week's. Well, last week was kind of a weird week, what with Comic-Con and all. It really was, but it was a good episode. I feel bad. Hey, Radio, Radio KSCR listeners, head over to StolenDroids.com and find our last episode. So, Can you send it now? I so could. that they I can could. just... So they're just like aware of our flaws <laughs> and our failures. Um, hey, we have some feedback. Cool. By our pal Kyle. Yay. Uh, so it says, hi guys. I know you will discuss this in this week's podcast, but I had to point out the funny moment during Google's September event. If you recall, it was when Anil Sabahara was talking about Google Photos, and he shows an album he has created and how it can be shared and collaborate on, and the title of it was Apple Picking. I chuckled for a good 15 minutes. Along the same vein, I thought it was quite bizarre that almost all the spouses of the presenters had iPhones. I know they were just showing cross-platform functionality, but why did they choose someone that lives with that presenter? Your brother, sister, cousin, niece, nephew, someone else could have been the imaginary person with an iPhone. To me, what does that say when I can't even get the person closest to me in life to use the products of the company I work for? Do you remember how during the Apple event that they showed their software and products working on other competitor platforms? Nope, neither do I. Having watched both Apple and Google's recent event product launches, I would also like you guys to discuss the very different presentations and atmospheres at each presented during their respective events. Do you think that this is a reflection of their customers and or their corporate culture? Why? Finally, since you loved my feedback about how Colin was Kenny from South Park, I thought I would assign the rest of you characters based on my own observations. First is Zook, he is Kyle. Second is Schmitty, he's Stan. Third is Honor, you guessed right, he's Cartman. I will leave you to discuss the accuracy of my assignments. Party on. Kyle, you better respect my authority. <laughs> I have referred to your mother in that vein, though. 
<laughs> so yeah, um, some why why did I know I was gonna be Cartman? Is because I always come across as angry because anger. I mean, or is it or is it a fat joke? You're the, inter- you're the international prince of hate. You're not the lord of hate. That's Larry Korea. Yes. But. Am I the prince of hate? Am I really that angry? You seem it. It's your persona. Now it's, I'm like Lewis Black. It's my it's my it's my shtick. It's your shtick. It's your it's your act. <laughs> your hate pays the bills. Um. Now, Kyle, I I want to point out uh, something that I think is kind of interesting, and I came to this um this observation myself watching the Google event. I caught that the whole hey look, it's on an iPhone too. And at first, I thought this kind of sexist remark. I will admit of well, leave it to your wife to be on an iPhone. Which I realize is an incredibly sexist remark, and I apologize to any female Android users out there. But have you noticed, men who use Android, that if your wife does not use an Android with you, she typically uses an iPhone because she doesn't want to have to think about it? Kind of funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah. Now, um, I personally think that this is from a culture. Uh, they're showing their cross-compatibility. Um, Apple has its head in the sand. They think that everyone is going to use Apple products because they make them. People are Apple is like the Kim, Kim Jong-un. We've talked about this before, okay? Yeah, everyone's using his products, but it's because he's got a freaking gun to their head. He won't let them leave. Well, as well, you know, once they suck you in... The way that their stuff only works with their stuff and not with other platforms, you're kind of forced. That that's that that is that's why my metaphor yes, works. Yes, that that's what you were alluding at. But I, I thought I'd just throw it out there more clearly. You have to use their stuff because it only works with their stuff. Gun to the head, yeah. I didn't put it quite so cryptically, but okay, Mister Metaphor Man. Now, if you'd like to escape over the 53rd parallel into Android territory, you can, you know, or there's the wonderful Switzerland of the s- smartphones uh, that is um, Windows Phone. 53rd parallel? 43rd? 35th? It's, it's, it's numbers and they're <laughs> parallel. I've got to find it out. It's probably 35th. That makes more sense. I don't know. Anyway, the thing is, is that Google and Microsoft have both, and we're going to talk about this later on here, uh, but Google and Microsoft have both figured out that the possibilities of having people locked entirely onto their operating system and only their operating system across the board is becoming less and less likely in today's world. It is, it's simply not possible. Sorry, I, I just, I didn't hear a word you said. It's 38th parallel. Uh, is that why you didn't hear anything I said? Is because you're just like your head was full of righteous rightness. No, I was I was looking it up, and I was I had a Billy Joel song going through my head about um, yeah, the Vietnam War. So, try you're like a combination of Cartman and Drax the Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't listening. I was thinking of something else. Um. <laughs> No, but it's true, though. I mean, even if you're an Android lover, even if you absolutely adore Android and you have an Android phone and an Android tablet and your Android Wear and you use your Android Auto and everything's great, at some point you go and you work on your computer, which I'm willing to bet isn't an Android. 
Probably not. You know, you either maybe you use a Chromebook. Probably not. Let's be honest. You either use a Windows or a Mac. But the but the fact is, you have to use one of those other ones. And, and I'm betting that if they're Android users, they probably use a Windows machine more likely than a Mac. Statistically, you're probably in the right there. If you're a Windows user, chances are good you're using an Android or an iPhone. Very few people use Windows phones. I get that. But my point is, is that unless you are brainwashed, there's no possible way you can use only one operating system everywhere you go. There's just simply isn't. No, there's not. And, you know, Google would like you to think that it's possible. Um, Apple would like you to think it's possible. Even Windows would like you to think it's possible, but I don't think it is. Well, I don't think Windows is taking that approach anymore. I don't think Microsoft is because they are making plenty of apps on Android. They finally learned, look, it's not about getting people onto our operating system. It's about getting people onto our services. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, I sign into my Microsoft account with a Google address, with a Gmail address, but I'm using all of Microsoft services. So, um, anyway, thank you for those observations, Kyle. I do apologize. I do appreciate it. Not apologize. I don't apologize for it. I just appreciate it. I apologize. <laughs> if you want to write <laughs> us feedback at stolendroids.com or give us a call at 801-917-GEEK, we will play your message on the air, um, and we will read it. Probably. Most likely. <laughs> okay. Uh, into our headlines. And our very first one is actually some Apple ones. Um, this one's kind of awkward. App, uh, Russia thinks that Apple is too gay. Well, you've got to understand that Russia doesn't really like the gays. Uh, they actually, I, I believe that they've made it illegal for gay people to have a driver's license because it's deemed a mental illness. Yeah. Um, it's like it's an entire country of Donald Trump's. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm serious. They're kind of crazy. But so back when Tim Cook took over Apple, Russia threw a fit because Tim Cook is gay. And somehow this meant that now all of Apple's products are affected by it. I don't know. This is Russia we're talking about. Their elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. Well, it gets even better because as of iOS 6, which you may notice we aren't on, haven't been on for quite a while, you can use same-sex friendly emoji. Now, it's worth pointing out that Apple didn't invent these emoji. They didn't develop them. They aren't Apple only. In fact, they are ratified by an international uh, group who is in charge of emoji and ASCII characters. Because believe it or not, that is a thing. Well, according to Russia, the inclusion of these particular emoji is Apple perpetuating gay-friendly propaganda inside the motherland. So you cannot have an iPhone or drive a car. I don't I don't understand Russia. I mean I don't either. I don't think they do honestly. But now so the local police in Russia have started to confiscate 
Apple Store products and whatnot for this investigation. They're going to investigate it, and they're going to take it to court. And if Apple is found guilty, they could be having to pay up to 1 million rubles. What which, is that? Like by the way, $27? Well, close. It's 15000 Okay. $15,000, which I don't know, could definitely cripple Apple in the region. I'm pretty sure that they have that in the in the like executive lobby couches. Yeah. I'll bet you there's more than that in Tim Cook's ashtray in his car. Probably. I have a question, okay? You have countries that hate Google. You have countries that hate Twitter. Countries that love Facebook but really wish they'd do things differently. You have countries that evidently hate Apple now. And you have an entire continent that hates Microsoft. What are these companies gaining by continuing to be over there? Um, I think they, I think they still make money at it. Honestly, they can't make all because if if they didn't, they'd pull it out or they'd pull out if they weren't still making the monies. So I mean, obviously, it's financially beneficial for them to be there well they're certainly making more money there than they would if they weren't there i get that however there's something to be said you know in the incredibles that pixar movie once everyone is special then no one is yeah right now we're at the point where no one's special because these phones and these devices and the software and these operating systems you can get them anywhere anywhere in the world can get them and i know that's great for these companies bottom lines but many of these countries don't want these companies in there, or at least they seem to act like they don't. How much would it hurt the European Union if Microsoft just said, okay, fine, and they pull out? I, th- I think it would hurt them su- significantly. Yeah, the greatest infrastructure-based operating system, and I know I'm going to get hate for that, but you know what I mean, for the general office. Yeah, when when you look at office software... Really, there's nothing better than what Microsoft puts out. Yeah, you got Windows, you got Exchange, and you got Office. Yeah. Sorry. That's just how it is. As soon as someone makes something different, I'll revise my statement. But until then, that's just how it is. Okay? Apple is still considered a high-end luxury device. It's a high-end luxury electronic. You don't want it in your country? Apple, just pull it out. You know? I mean, make America special again because we're the only ones who have this stuff. Yeah. It doesn't seem like the rest of the country, uh, rest of the world wants you anyway. Um, that being said, uh, Apple could, of course, just pay the fine and then for good measure, prepay the fine for the next 10 years as well. <laughs> hey, look, we're just going to pay up for the next 10 years because we're not going to take this out. So we're good to have same sex friendly emoji in our phones for 10 years. How's that sound? Well, and even if they were to remove it from their phone, I mean, what are the odds that somebody's just going to download a keyboard that's got the emojis? Cause Apple, you can use different keyboards now, can't you? Um, if you jailbreak it, sure. Otherwise, no. But, but you're right. I mean, oh, geez, if iOS had to have a branch version just for Russia, just for the keyboard. Yeah, I mean, it's, but it's I, I'm sure they would still do it because they're still going to make them their money. Apple's still going to get paid, so they're going to put up with it. It's like Google and Microsoft and all the crap that they have to put up with in these European countries. They do it because they still make money. Mm-hmm. And even Russia, I mean, excuse me, even Google is like 
capitulating to all of China's demands because they're going to make money in China. They make money in China. So you follow the dollar. Yep. Um, also in Apple news and much more expensive than a few emoji, evidently, uh, we've reported on this a few times, but the Los Angeles Unified School District. This is so yeah. funny. Yeah, that iPad for every student program, that was never going to work. That everyone knew was not going to work. It didn't work. What do you know? Surprise! Uh, you know, it's funny for an, an education department to not be able to do the maths correctly and add how much it was going to cost to do this. You know, I'm surprised, though, because I thought this was completely innovative on Apple's part. It's so revolutionary mm-hmm. and just innovative and... It was amazing to completely fail in such a manner. Uh, <laughs> to fail to the tune of $4.2 million, Apple has been ordered to pay the the LA Unified School District. Now, it's I, I want to go on record here and clarify something, because it's not like Apple single-handedly screwed the LA school system to the tune of $4.2 million. There was corruption in the deal. Okay, the superintendent of the L.A. school system is also being investigated by the FBI and the SEC for putting this deal through, which they knew wasn't going to work. So it's not like Apple was alone in this. A corrupt bureaucrat? That's impossible. I know, right? Um, Yeah, so um, that $4.2 million is going to go immediately into buying new computers for the school system. Windows? Probably not, actually. <laughs> I mean, it's, it'd be poetic to say that, but if my school or my kid's school is any indication, it'll probably be Chromebooks. Okay. My, uh, my kids all have Chromebooks at school. They log in. They use them all the time. Uh, the different school districts have an agreement with Google. So Google provides email accounts and Google accounts to the kids, and they're protected. But so like my stepson, he's in sixth grade right now. And for the last three years, he'll go into school. He'll sign in. He has his Google Docs, his drive. He has his spreadsheets. He has everything there. He can do presentations. It's really quite amazing. And the entire thing is sandboxed in such a way that it's not like he can go onto YouTube or something. Uh-huh. It was really quite bizarre when one day I check my email and I get this strange email and they're going, Hey, Zook, it's Tyler. How are you? <laughs> like, aren't you supposed to be in school? What are you doing? Yeah, that's that's freaky right there. It's like, yeah. He was just so proud, though. He wrote his first email. Or they, they jump on a Minecraft server that you're playing I, on. I would. <laughs> so I want to say that's all of our Apple news. Yeah, the rest gets a lot worse. Yeah, it just kind of goes downhill from there, doesn't it? Well, kind of. I mean, we get some Nexuses, Nexies, Nexi. Hey, Cortana, what's the plural of Nexus? Let's see what she says. Oh, it's just Nexus. Well, that's dumb. So. It's like moose. Um, (laughs) So we've been talking for a few weeks now, uh, enough that I'm actually getting quite tired of talking about it. That government hack that happened that destroyed the lives of 5.6 million federal employees, that compromised everyone's security, compromised our intelligence assets, everything, right? Well, um, there is an actual office called the Government Accountability Office. The GAO. The GAO. And they are in charge of um, 
well, auditing at the moment. They have been auditing everything to see kind of where we're at. Yeah, it turns out, oh, where, what happened to the number? I had a pop-up come up here that covered it, so I it lost my, my place. Warning people, there's a pop-up here. But it found that there are 24 federal agencies that are still not up to snuff. This is after the Pentagon was hacked. This was after the FBI was compromised. This is after everyone was compromised. This is after Russian hackers made it into the White House security system. And I'm listing things going back over the course of a year. And there's still 24 federal agencies that are seriously deficient in their cybersecurity. Yeah, that's not surprising. I mean, we know there's a joke, you know, moves at the speed of government. And there's a reason for that. Because the government is so big and there's so much bureaucracy, it cannot move quickly. It's it's really quite um, alarming, though, when you think about it. Now, this is going to sound political, but I don't mean it that way, okay? But when Hillary Clinton... When that whole, and, and we reported on this, and everyone's reported on this, her whole email server scandal, right? Initially, when it first came to light, what was the reason she gave that she kept her own email server? It was security. It was secure, right? She couldn't trust the government security. Well, you know, I'm not saying that was her only reason. Math is good. Odds are good that it wasn't. But she wasn't wrong either, as these hacks are coming, or are, are proving. I'm not saying everyone should do that. In fact, no one should do it. But seriously, I mean, Zoner, if you were told that your job was to keep your company secrets secure, but then simultaneously you had to use the company's resources, knowing full well that your company's security leaked like a sieve, what do you do? I, you're you're set up for failure is what you I mean you're gonna fail that's what's gonna happen you're that's exactly what's gonna happen it's like entrapment it's, yeah you're you're totally getting set up so and I, and it's strange to me that the government is still doing this to themselves and they don't have a clue on that um, not just the government it turns out um, credit agencies this one came to light today Zoner. I hate you right now. You just had to go and get on T-Mobile, didn't you? <laughs> well, you know, uh, the Office of Personnel Management that we just talked about with that big hack with the government, yeah, I'm pretty sure I was involved in that one as well. So we need to just keep... You're like, like a freaking cybersecurity albatross. I, I cannot believe it. Target, Home Depot, Blue Cross, federal government, now T-Mobile. On the plus side, I don't think I'm ever going to have to pay for credit monitoring out of my own pocket again. <laughs> you people out in podcast land can't tell, but I'm staring at him with contempt right now. It, it uh, is very contemptful. Contemptuous. But, uh, so it turns out that Experian suffered a data loss, not to their main consumer database, but if you applied for credit with T-Mobile between a specific period, then chances are good that application was compromised. They're quick to point out that it never got to your actual credit information, and it never got to your T-Mobile information. Uh, but the unspoken part of that is is that it basically just got all the information they need to steal your identity. Yep. 
And, and those dates are September 1st, 2013 through September 16th, 2015. So like now, two weeks uh, ago. Yeah, two weeks ago it ended. Uh, now, the good news is is that I have been a T-Mobile customer for eight years now. So I'm not in this. Uh, the bad news is is that there's 15 million other people who are. <laughs> I joined T-Mobile almost two years ago. So, yep, yeah, I'm smack in the middle of that. You kicked it off. You need to change your name. You can be Eugene Futtermucker and change, you know, just make up a totally different social security number so they don't know to find you. I, I really should get a few alternate identities since they keep getting compromised. When, when people come to arrest you for fraud, you can just say, no, 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 you don't understand. I was doing it for your protection. <laughs> yes. Anywhere I go under my real name, you lose your identity. Yes. It's really, I saw that and I just thought, I, I saw that Experian had a huge data leak and I immediately thought, what company am I screwed by now? And sure enough, yep. It's just, T-Mobile. Basically the date that he joined. I, I joined in November 2014. You're going or, to get investigated. Me, you know what's going to happen. January 2014. Eventually, people are going to catch on. This is all happening around you, and you're going to get freaking investigated. I probably will. I, I'm sure I've already been investigated. Every time I get on an airplane, I'm surprised that I can get on the airplane, that I'm not on some no-fly list somewhere. Thanks in large part to you and your comments about the president on our show. It's all going to be you, man. All going to be you. Oh, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. You know what they're going to say? They're going to say, no, let him leave the country. Let him go to Mexico. Suddenly, all of Mexico is hacked. Yeah, it's... Wow. Um, okay, so into uh, another bit of security. Oops. Well, this isn't so much an oops. This is more of a holy carp. Um, there is a Linux botnet that has been discovered out in the wild. Now, if you need a quick refresher, a botnet is something that infects itself onto multiple PCs across the internet, right? You don't even, you don't even know it's happened. Gets onto your system and then it just waits there for commands. Once a command is issued, everywhere that has that botnet installed all acts together as if it's one orchestrated event. Okay. It's like the, a quick way to have your own super cluster across the internet. These are quite often used in distributed denial-of-service attacks, where all those servers try and hit one concentrated point and just overwhelm it. Using that technique, Anonymous was able to take down a lot of different systems. It's a very old-school but very effective technique. Um, there's a new one called the XOR, or XOR, DDoS botnet. It's not exactly subtle. Doing using this particular botnet has been found to exceed 150 gigabits per second. Now, if you're not a network engineer, that's okay. I'll explain it to you. Most internet in America averages around 7 megabits. Okay? I have 25 megabits, I believe. The fastest you can find that's generally affordable is Google's gigabit. Right? or 1,024 megabits. This is 150 times that. That's a lot. It's basically enough to take down a data center. Never mind a single site. 
Yeah, they're they're hitting twenty targets a day, most of which are in Asia. I mean, this is kind of like trying to hit a fly with a napalm warhead. Yeah, you never ever ever want to piss off someone who has this at their fingertips. Yeah, now I find it interesting. They're they're going after uh, companies from the online gaming sector, followed by educational institutions. That. I don't understand. I mean, the the online gaming, maybe, you know, hacking for for gold as opposed to having, I don't know, some Chinese prisoner farm for it for you. Uh, but educational institutions, I mean, that sounds to me like they're just trying to, to bring them to their knees as opposed to just get in and change a couple grades here and there. Yeah, it's more like, eh, let's just have some fun is honestly what it's about. Um, but all I know is it's, it's, yeah, it's not something I want to come across. Now, are you infected with this botnet? Probably not because it, as I said, it is a Linux based one. Uh, if you use Linux, then chances are good. Your skills are high enough to figure out if you have a botnet installed or not. So Hopefully. it's really something, yeah, it's really something that gets into the backend servers. All I know is that no one builds something like this without intending to use it at some point. So in the next year or so, I'm expecting to hear a headline of a massive DDoS attack happening. Where where do you think they're going to hit power grid? Do you think they're going to do like terrorist attack, or do you think they're just going to like bring white White House gov down? Honestly, I this is just me. I, this is just my opinion. I have no evidence behind this. I don't know something secret or anything. I think it's us, U.S. or stolen droids. Uh, definitely not stolen droids. <laughs> Only one of us can even work in Linux. Um, and he's too sick trying to recover from a black whopper, which sounds like something worse than it is. Um, <laughs> That's going to be a new Urban Dictionary entry. <laughs> if it's Where's not Schmitty? Oh, there. man, he's dealing with the black whopper. Oh, that sounds like something you would experience in prison. <laughs> His name is Brutus. Oh, that's just horrible. Okay, with that out of the way. Oh, geez, I forgot I was saying it's just such a horrible <laughs> mental image. Uh, no, so I believe that this is probably us. I believe it is meant to act as a weapon against those who would hack the U.S. Because we've been getting hacked a lot lately. Yeah, and but the thing it's is... It's always either Russia or China. But the thing is, we don't like, I mean, we, whitehouse.gov, I, I was joking when I said that this could bring that down, because, I mean, let's face it, some 15-year-old Chinese kid could bring whitehouse.gov down the way the government secures their stuff, as we right. had just previously discussed. But if, if they start to see, wait a minute, we're getting really heavily attacked, and it's all coming from this IP, or this set of IPs, you know let loose the dogs of war, and suddenly this thing goes out and attacks it, it can overwhelm whatever it is that's receiving the data. Yeah, that is true. Kind of shut them down. So they- We did worse to Iran just when we thought that they were spinning up nuclear reactors. Yeah, what was that, Stuxnet? Yeah. And now we're trying to hook them up with nuclear reactors. What's up with that? Uh, you know, the warranty ran out on their P- on their Dell PCs, you know. We might as well go in and clean that virus off that we put on there. Yeah, no doubt. 
Um, so yeah, I don't think we will see much news about that on a consumer level, but I expect it to hit the international news sometime in the next year. Speaking of international news, uh, follow up to what we talked about last week with Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Yeah. This is an interesting story. I mean, this just keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah. Um, okay. So quick recap, Volkswagen lied about their clean diesels, their TDIs and whatnot, but don't worry. It was just to select models of Volkswagen. Oh, well, actually, no, they, they did it to Audi as well. Um, they didn't do it to Bugatti or Lamborghini because one, Lamborghini doesn't have any diesels. I don't think Bugatti does either. And also because you don't buy a Bugatti Veyron or a Lamborghini Diablo or a, uh, Aventador for its fuel efficiency. You're not really worried about your carbon footprint at that point. Well, it's gotten out of hand. Remember last week when I said some paltry number thinking, no, it's going to be like $351 million to to fix it all? It's looking like it's going to be closer to $6.5 billion. Wow. That is a lot. Now... It also raises some really interesting legal questions. Last week, I want to say, Zonor, it was you who brought up, maybe it was Schmitty, I think it was you, that these cars were registered with false information. They were sold as clean. They weren't. Mm-hmm. So whoever is ended up, whoever ends up being holding the bag for this is going to have to answer to federal charges as well. Yeah. Well, possibly. it got brought up. It got brought up to me by a friend this week that people who have them may not even be able to sell the cars because technically they were originally sold illegally. Yeah. So the the poor people who bought them are maybe stuck with them. Yeah, that uh, and that kind of sucks. I mean, you just kind of you, you do that, and you buy it and you think, "Okay, I'm getting a Volkswagen, you know, the German engineering, yay, long time success and whatnot and then you find out wow they just kind of bent me over and i i did not see that coming now it gets really interesting in that volkswagen has pledged that they will refit all the cars every car that was affected you can bring it in and they will refit it this makes this raises more questions than it answers though Rich, supposedly the whole reason this is even an issue is because of a software hack, right? The software in the control system knows when the car is being tested, disables certain limiters, disables certain safety protocols, and runs it clean. That's how it's able to get those great emission numbers, right? The question becomes, okay, but how does the car run like that? And is that what they're planning to do? Are they just going to tell the car to run like that all the time to hit that emission number? Ooh, that's a really good point. They've kind of established a precedent of we are liars when it comes to this. So now, but it's like, now they're wanting you to trust them all of a sudden? Well, it's more than that, too. Because it's like, okay, let's say that I have a Jetta diesel TDI. It's advertised to get me 36 miles to the gallon. I have nearly zero emissions. I have a zero to 60 time of, let's say, six seconds. Okay? I have 135 horsepower. I'm making these numbers up, by the way. I don't actually know what the numbers are for a, for a Jetta. But those are easy numbers to work with, right? 36 miles to the gallon, nearly zero emission, 135 horsepower, six seconds, zero to 60 time. 
Well, that is working on the assumption that it's lying about one of those numbers, and in this case, it's the emissions. So are they going to refit it so they just don't match that emissions number? Or are they going to refit it so they can match that emissions number? But suddenly you're down to 60 horsepower. You have a 0 to 60 time of 12 seconds and still 36 miles to the gallon. Because that's not what people bought either. You know, something's got to give. They're going to be shifting something. And it's going to end up with a whole bunch of people who are either mad because they bought a car that could get this kind of emissions and now they don't have it. Or they're mad because they bought a car that can get this kind of performance and now can't match it. You're falling asleep. No, I'm here. I'm listening. Just nod. Just I, nod. I'm here. I'm listening. I'm. We're good, yo. That must be what I look like when my wife is talking to me. <laughs> no. Just kind of like, mm-hmm. no, no I'm, I'm listening. I can multitask. Sure. Clean <laughs> diesel. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, you know, I just don't understand Apple and Russia. I mean, that just. <laughs> <laughs> Zoner has lost 30 minutes. <laughs> No, I, I'm really interested to see. I think we're going to see the federal government just crack down hard on Volkswagen. I think Volkswagen's just going to get owned over this. They've lost all sorts of credibility with consumers. Governments are going to just destroy them. Well, it's already affected more than a third of their overall v- value. Yeah, I mean... The market value of the company has dropped by a third. Yeah, this is this is bad, bad news for them, and... I, I, what were they thinking? I mean, I can't even imagine that Volkswagen CEO is like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I don't see that going wrong at all. You know what really makes me wonder, though? How come this wasn't caught sooner? Because if you think about it, every car that comes into the U.S. is tested to within an inch of its life. Multiple units are rammed into walls, flipped upside down, crushed, squished, extruded, the software's people go over the software with a fine tooth comb. Every aspect of the airbags is tested. Do the analog brakes actually break? Do they actually anti-lock? How about the seat belts? You know, they test everything. And even if the National Highway Commission doesn't, you have sites like Consumer Reports doing the same thing. Yeah. How did this go for so long and no one caught on? That's a really good question. I'm just, I'm really wondering about that because few people realize how much scrutiny a car is when it's released to the U.S. market. Yeah, that is a really good question. I, someone got paid off, maybe? I'm guessing a few people did. That worth looking into. Yeah, that seems like the most logical explanation. On the flip side of this is Tesla, who had an event this week where they announced a new SUV. I want one, but I don't want one. It's called the Model X, and it starts at $132,000. Or, put another way, 10 years of that ridiculous fine Apple has to pay to Russia. <laughs> it's it's beautiful vehicle, man. It really is, actually. I, um, I, I, I keep waiting for Tesla to come out with some sort of solar panels on their cars. They do. Uh, the, the the Model X actually has solar panels up in the roof. Oh, does it? Yeah, it helps supplement the charge um, and helps run the AC. Now, this is a four-wheel drive SUV. It has three rows of seating, so it can seat uh, seven or eight. I'm not sure which, probably seven. Um, 
It's gorgeous. Has independent front and rear axles with their own separate motors, so it can control how it goes. Uh, it's a little bit heavier than the Model X, but it still has a big pickup and go, zero to sixty in like four seconds. I want to say, which is better than most sedans, and it can go two hundred and forty miles on a charge. And it's got these really awesome gull wings. It, it reminds me, of, or gull wing doors, it reminds me of. Um, like some Lamborghini or something, Ferrari or, from the from the eighties. It's 80s. like a it's like a DeLorean, you know. But I'm not convinced. Um, okay, so let's go into some more detail about those doors. They are automatic opening, automatic closing. They have pneumatic struts on them that can automatically do it. They're double hinged, so they actually lift straight up before popping out open. Uh-huh. The idea being that you only need twelve inches of space between you and the car next to you to get the doors full open. There are sensors along the roof line that can tell how high the garage is or how high the ceiling is and adjust how far up the doors go so they don't go and hit the ceiling of something. Oh, that's awesome. It's really awesome. I mean, it is the future. Here's the problem is that it causes, again, some more issues. So no roof rack, I'm assuming. This is an SUV after all. You know, um, looking at this, it does not look like an SUV. It reminds me, it actually kind of reminds me of like, do you remember, I think it was called the Eagle? Yeah, the AMC Eagle. Yeah, it kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of that. Prettier. Yes, prettier, but that's kind of what it reminds me of. It's, it's like a big car. It doesn't... And no, I, you're right, you're right. It's a car, but they're calling it an SUV crossover. Yeah, I'd have to see it in person, but I mean, it but, looks like it's parked next to a minivan, so... But I'm serious. I mean, mini SUVs like this, where's the bike rack? Where's the luggage rack? I can't even put a luggage bag up there on those doors. No. And not that's not mentioning the fact that I have parked in certain uh, parking garages with very low ceilings. I am not convinced that those doors wouldn't slam into them or even in my own garage, which I have a weird-shaped garage. That being said, I'm going to yeah, channel only Schmitty one, here. You're the only one that I've ever met that has a quadrilateral garage. Yeah, I know. It's a non, non-Euclidean geometry there. Um, I'm going to channel Schmitty here because I know what he's going to say. I can hear him screaming it into his radio right now from the future. But Zook, it's a $132,000 quote-unquote SUV. People who buy cars like that don't shove their luggage up on a rack. <laughs> They don't park in tiny garages. And he's right. You got to go to the mall sometime, even if you have that kind of money. No, no. You just hire some vagrant, you know, some migrant worker to drive your car around the mall a few times for you so it doesn't have to park. You actually keep them in the trunk full time. Consuela, we need you to come to the mall with us. You've got your trunk monkey, your trunk immigrant. It's very, very handy when you you need a, a spare tire put on there. Don't know how to do it? Get your immigrant. Um, but I know, and he's right. You know, future Schmitty in my voice, in my head is right. People who buy cars like this aren't people who have to deal with the normal problems that you and I, mere plebeians, need to. And yeah, I get that. This is another test bed. This is another Hallmark car. And I don't mean Hallmark like the car company. I mean, like, it's a trophy car. Yeah. It's to prove the technology can be done, 
people will buy it. People do want it and they'll learn from making it to throw it into cheaper models down the line. And see, that's what I'm looking forward to because I would love to have a Tesla. I can't afford a $137,000 Tesla. I can't afford a $100,000 Tesla. I can't afford a $30,000 Tesla. I can't either. Do they even make those? Not yet. The next one is supposed to be. It's called the Model 3. That's right. Elon Musk has said that it'll start at $35,000, which admittedly is much more accessible than any other Tesla model before it, but it's still out of my reach. Yes. But I want one. I like my truck. <laughs> That's what Tesla needs to do. Come out with a full-size pickup. I need that can a- hit zero to 60 in four seconds. Yes, I need a half ton. That's what I need. A half ton that can tow 9,000 pound trailer. Take it to Home Depot, fill the back up with plants, and lose them on the freeway at high speeds. No, that's when you get the immigrants in the back to hold it. <laughs> Pull it to Home Depot. Hey, who needs a job for the day? <laughs> Whoever can hold on gets the job. <laughs> and then oh, at the end of the so day, bad. instead of paying them, you threaten to call immigration. You are, we're so bad. We really are. Jeez, Cartman. Okay. Um, (laughs) So Nest, Google's thermostat. It uses a specific type of communication protocol called Weave, which is really confusing because Google has a type of communication protocol called Google Weave. But Nest Weave is not the same as Google Weave, despite the fact that Nest is owned by Google. Got that? That's stupid. (laughs) I'm just saying that's really stupid. They could have named it anything else. That's like my kids, when they get new goldfish, they're like, oh, this one is goldy. This one is gold. This one's goldy, too. And this one's goldy, too. And this one's Alejandro. <laughs> okay, great. So, um, yeah, that's kind of confusing. Anyway, Nest has opened up Nest Weave. Which sounds like a bad hairdo. Um, (laughs) they've, they've opened up their protocol to developers. So now anyone can build, uh, kind of internet of thing, things, deadbolts, smoke detectors, um, window sensors, rain sensors, light sensors, et cetera, that can tie into that communications protocol, which is kind of cool. It's also a very short headline, but it's cool. Yes. Um, in news of the hilarious, someone, uh, and this just came out today, someone bought themselves a new domain name for $12. That's okay. We bought ours for 8 It's they It's got, not unheard of. They got ripped off. But then they realized that he bought Google.com. I think that's awesome. No, what's really awesome is the fact that he bought it from Google Domains. You know, I... <laughs> that just, my first thought when I read this article was, I hope that he got a lot of money when he sold that domain back to Google. No, they just voided the transaction. They're like, here's your 12 bucks back. We're taking our domain. It's like, that's kind of dirty. Yeah. He bought, he bought it fair and square. You should pay him. Um. It, however, it was kind of funny. He did publish it to his LinkedIn account that he was the owner of Google.com. And technically, he's right. Yep. I think that's That's, that's a good investment. That's a great investment. Uh, yeah, but if you're going to buy Google.com, you got to buy it from like GoDaddy or something. You can't buy it from Google because they're just going to refund your money. I personally think it's more legitimate then. It legitimizes it that he bought it from the company yeah that is true but you otherwise it's paid. like saying i i bought it from uncle steve on the corner 
He's not my uncle either, but he said he could sell me Google.com and a bridge. And he touches me inappropriately. I didn't need the bridge, but sure wanted Google.com. Yes. Um, into some news that we kind of alluded to before um, with Microsoft and Google kind of figuring that they can't be the only ones out there. They've decided to resolve many of their patent disputes. By many, I mean 20 of them. That's unprecedented. This was patents about video playback on the Xbox, mobile phones, Android. See, I keep thinking that, didn't we go through this with Samsung and Apple about some stuff, yet they're still at each other's throats? Yeah, the, the difference is that's Samsung and Apple. They're douches to each other. They just do it just to piss each other off. You know? <laughs> that's probably true. Google and Microsoft, however, have had a change of ownership or, or management since these patents were first brought up against each other years ago. And I want to say that their new leadership just doesn't care anymore. They don't make that much sense anymore. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to do it. So they've decided to license the patents to each other at fair terms, which, hey, that's awesome. Keeps them out of the courts, frees up the justice system for, like, I don't know, justice. Yeah. I'm good with it. Now, um, the first one, and the biggest, I think, was in 2010. Remember, Microsoft sued Google. It was, it was Motorola at the time, because Motorola's Android phones breached a whole bunch of Microsoft patents. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're letting that one go. Nice. Yeah, kind of nice. So, I, nice. I mean, this is... These are really, really good things that they're finally just letting drop. So that's kind of cool. Um, in all other Google news from this week, like like Kyle wrote, they did have their big announcement event. Who was it? Um, was it Richard? It was one of our uh, one of our listeners who wrote in. Hey, isn't it weird that there isn't any new Android ten inch device? Oh, that was a few weeks ago. Yeah, lo and behold, it was like he was prophetic. See, you listen to our show long enough, you start to see the future too. We're like LSD that way. (laughs) And if you listen to us long enough when you're really tired, you might be able to smell colors. Um, yeah, so I don't know what that meant. But anyway, this is called the Pixel C. (laughs) Odd name, I think. Um, I know why they're calling it that. It's a callback to the Chromebook Pixel, the stupidest device in all of Christendom, uh, which Schmitty and I disagree on. And also the fact that it uses a USB-C connector. So I think that's where they're getting the name, the Pixel C. It's a 10.2-inch tablet starting at $500, which is affordable, and it has this magnetic base keyboard, which is really kind of genius. You can snap the thing onto the keyboard using these magnets, and then it uses it like a kickstand. Or you can take it off, flip it around in the magnets, then hold it on like it's a cover. And while it's on that, the tablet is inductively charging the keyboard. That's brilliant. Isn't that? It's quite cool. And that's through the screen. It's inductively charging it through the screen because the keyboard is now the cover. Or you can slap it onto the back. Or you can just leave it off. It's it's quite cool. Um Otherwise, I mean, it's kind of what you'd expect. It's the top of the line of Android hardware right now. I personally would not use it with the keyboard, but that's me. Only because I use keyboards like that to do actual work. And Android tablets and I have a bad history when doing getting work done. Windows tablets, I can do work on. Android tablets are for fun and media. 
Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because that, when the Nexus 7 came out, that was really what they pushed the Nexus 7 tablet as. It's for fun and for media. Mm-hmm. And it is. And they do a great job at it. I won't begrudge it that. They do great work. But I use a keyboard to get work done. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That totally. being said, it's really cool. And hey, look, Richard or Thomas or whoever it was that wrote in, I'm, I apologize, I don't remember right now. There's your answer. There's a 10-incher. Uh, it's for an affordable price. It's made by Google. And it is, it's actually quite beautiful. If I was going to get a 10-inch tablet, it'd be that one. Instead, I will, will be getting the new Nexus 6P. Which I think is a lie, but it's a beautiful lie. Sorry, how so? How so? <laughs> okay, so the Nexus 6 was an LG-built phone. Or was it Motorola? I don't remember which. But it was a 6-inch screen. The Nexus 6 was Motorola. Was Motorola. Okay, it was a beautiful phone. It really was. A uh, huge screen. 6-inch screen. Well, this is the Nexus 6P. So what do you think it should be? Not 5.7 inches. Oh, yeah, it should be 6. But it's 5.7. But whatever. It is beautiful, in my humble opinion. It's made by Huawei. It's all metal. Uh, It's got a uh, 12.3 megapixel laser-assisted camera. It does not have any expandable storage, but it comes in sizes all the way up to 128 gigs. It has a bigger battery than nearly anything else out on the market. It has a nicer screen than Apple. It has, I mean, it's, it's top of the line all across the board. And it also uses a USB Type-C. And see, the one that I'm excited about is the 5X made really? by made by LG. I think the Nexus 5 is a perfect size phone. I've got the I've got the original Nexus 5 and I probably when I upgrade will I most likely go to the 5X just because it's comparable in size. It's I mean, it's it's nice. Although it's 5.2 inches, the other was the the six the six p was what five point seven you said yeah so yeah. I mean that's that's only five inches bigger but I mean I like my phone to be able to still fit in my pocket five inches bigger or half an inch <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm looking at all these specs and I keep it's seeing point two inches you know it's about the size of a watch I know? keep I keep seeing fives everywhere so. If it's in my ear, it's great. Yeah, the 5X <laughs> has a slightly slower processor than uh, the, the 6P. Uh, one gig less RAM, less storage. But otherwise, it's still on par with all the modern top-level phones. So, hey, that's something. And um, they, they are both going to run Marshmallow, which comes mm-hmm. out next week, by the way. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for these, actually. Um, I have a few payments left on my uh, G3 before it's all paid off, I'll probably go with a 6P. I'm saying it now. You know, uh, until um, we get more information about LG's V10, which is the one with that weird double display up along the top, which who knows how that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, finally, um, I know we don't usually report on video games, but this one was just too good to pass up. I think, Zonor, you're the one who brought it to my attention. Yes. You know, we've talked about some bad glitches. I What was it? Assassin's Creed and... Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. <laughs> the the headline, Tony Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 looks like a dumpster fire on wheels. Which is funny because most dumpsters are on wheels. I, wow, I hadn't thought of that. So profound. Um, yeah, I the video to this is hilarious. Eurogamer put up a uh, this 
great video. It's all the glitches they found just in playing it for the first hour. Uh, that's the most amazing thing is that everything is just done in the first hour. It is horrid. The game uh, looks unplayable. It really does. I mean, this is like, this is just a hot mess right here. This is like steaming and flies around it with the stink lines coming off. And now, now I've never played the Tony Hawk games because I'm an adult with an intelligence. Um, so I didn't have anything to compare it to, but I have plenty of coworkers who grew up with the original Tony Hawks who watched this video and said, Oh, so it's just like every other Tony Hawk game we've ever played. Isn't it time to kind of retire that name? The dude's like 50 now, isn't he? But dude, he's a legend. Well, yeah, so let him be a legend. I mean, I, I it just seems kind of odd that this game, this buggy-as-hell game that doesn't work, is marketed to a demographic of people who weren't alive when he became a legend. I know, that's really kind of ironic, isn't it? Many of them have probably never seen him actually skate. Well, he was on that episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, when? A few years back. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is in a generation of kids who never had to suffer through Viva La Bam on MTV. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Such horribleness. All right, into our favorites this week. Mine is another Tesla one. Uh, see, there's a kind of funny setting that Tesla hides in its Model X. Um, in the P85D Model X, it was called Insane Speed. Okay. In the new P90D, it's called, wait for it, Ludicrous Speed. Yes, out of space balls. That's brilliant. What's the difference? Evidently quite a bit. There's a drag race of a P85D on Insane and a P90D on Ludicrous. They've set cameras up on both vehicles. They go at the same time, and Ludicrous Speed leaves it in the dust and sounds like some kind of horrible jet engine doing it. Horrible in a good way. I mean, it's like the god of hellfire. It's just cool. I want a Tesla. I just want a Tesla. I was pricing them the other day. I think the one that I wanted would come with all the extras would come to about ninety grand. Yeah, mine was around eighty seven. So Yay. Well my favorite is a series of videos that Bethesda has been putting out uh to help promote the upcoming Fallout four. And you might recall your stats are special, S P E C I A L uh in the game. You've got your strength, perception, endurance, all that stuff. Uh, well, each one of these videos kind of explains how these different attributes work. And I think they're on, I think they just came out with the fourth one, uh, today, maybe yesterday. I can't recall. Uh, but very recently they are doing them. I think about every week it seems. Uh, but they are highly entertaining. They've got the awesome animation that looks like it's straight out of some fifties, Cold War propaganda film. Uh, check it out. It's a lot of fun. Remember to flash and cover. Yes. No, you don't flash and cover. Just remember when there's flash, you cover. No, I, I, I like to flash and then cover. Yeah, it was an odd time in the U.S. Um, all right, that is our show this week. Again, if you want to let us know what you're thinking, feedback at stolendroids.com. 
Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Ello, or Google+. I'm actually starting to use that now, so maybe I'll see you. Maybe I won't. Uh, until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.